0: Rogue Table Talks Here we are RTT season. Episode 39 Episode 39 Season, season 2 five. Yes
1: Episode 4 Come on uh, Seems like we should have a story arc If we have seasons Right Can you have. binge listen? You can binge listen
0: You actually could Of course you could Yeah right? All of season 1 You could <laughs> you can That's a You know what Just play them all <laughs> And that would be a proper use of technology That would be yeah, To binge be, listen to yeah. RTT Right You'd be Um, a better Christian. Yeah. Spiritually obese, maybe. Yes. But a better Christian. Yes.
1: (laughs) All right. So we are talking about margin. Mm -hmm. Margin
0: and technology. Yeah. The white space in your life. Right. As it relates to all of technology. And I guess we're, we're using a more narrow definition of technology.
1: Yeah, I mean, probably our, our pretty constant uh, interaction with technology we carry around in our pockets or purses, mm-hmm. uh, which is this powerful piece of technology that gets us to every part of the world, every, everything that's probably ever been on TV almost, mm-hmm. uh, movies, every opinion you can find, every language... When you think about it, it's pretty incredible that if 20 years ago or 30 years ago, somebody would have said to me, you know, as a young engineer, that one day we're going to walk around with this, I would have thought, well, that sounds like science fiction. Mm. Uh, And yet we have that, and it's a powerful um, hmm, distractor, interruption, uh, or tool um edification device.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. I was searching for words too. Um not sure. <laughs> yeah. But those. Something. Yeah.
1: It's it's a lot. So um what uh what is as as we think about as you as I think about how we interact with technology, our phones, social media what is what what can you tell about yourself or what can you say about yourself based on your technological interaction with your, you know, your social media or whatever? Mm. Like, what is that saying about me and about you based on how much, how often, what, how I respond, all of those things? Like, what is that? It's just a phone, right? Yeah. So what is that saying about us? What do you think about that?
0: That's a good question. Um, I think for me, I have to pause and ask, like, w- how do I view the role of, I guess, what we could call the digital world what or screen. What should it be? Or what could yeah, it be? yeah. What, what is this thing? What is it in its existence? And, you know, I think we would agree it's not a moral evil. Right. It's more of an amoral mm-hmm. thing. It can be used for good and uh, can be used for ill. Um, what humanity can do with a lot of right neutral tools. Right.
1: Most cultural expressions could be good or bad or both.
0: Right. 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 Um, so, when and I grew up in a little bit later than you, but I, I still didn't get a cell phone until I was in college. Mm hmm. And that was pretty normal.
1: And that was just one you could make calls on.
0: You could only make calls on it, and right. it flipped open. Right. And uh, so me and my wife dated long distance. I graduated college. She was a senior in college, and she was in South Carolina. I was here. Um, we couldn't text. Right. And she didn't have a cell phone. So I called from my cell phone to her landline. Um.
1: Landlines, for
0: those of you who are
1: younger, (laughs) are phones that were stationary and plugged into a wall somewhere.
0: It's what you buy when you order um, the bundle through the internet company, but you don't get it installed because it's cheaper to buy it, but you have no idea what it is. (laughs) What would I do with this? So my world is a little bit, you know, probably similar to yours. We grew up in this age and then we you know, basically exists now with everyone else mm-hmm. with all these powerful computers in our, in our, so it makes me wonder what is the impact of this upon me mm-hmm. as a person mm-hmm. bearing out the image of God? Um, how am I used? Does it have an aim? Is there any purpose? Mm-hmm. Um, do I realize if I'm jumping on social media and scrolling through stuff because I'm, is I'm, am I bored? Mm-hmm. Am I doing it Is it a conscious
1: act or is it a yeah. un- unconscious act?
0: Yeah, and I think that w- maybe you'll talk about this. The uh, James K. Smith mm-hmm. uh, uh, philosopher, is he a philosopher?
1: Yeah, he's a professor of philosophy and theology, I think, at Calvin College, okay, in Michigan. Yeah, uh,
0: great guy. I think yeah. great books. Um, but it makes me wonder. Like, although the thing is maybe neutral in itself, each act that we do each choice that we have is shaping us it has a return effect upon us so it makes me wonder like how is this shaping me
1: yeah and i think that's i mean you i think you 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 uh we talked earlier in your note you got you know what is the what is the what is your digital liturgy and i think that's a word that comes out of that same idea you know uh you don't think of having a liturgy that has to do with your phone or your you know digital world, but basically, a liturgy is what we practice repeatedly that forms our habits and our hearts and our desires. And uh, you know, James K. A. Smith wrote a book called "You Are What You Love," which is a very good book, uh, and it sort of plays with this idea that we think that we're thinking beings primarily. We think we're thinking and doing beings primarily, but he would say we're primarily loving beings. We're primi- where our heart is oriented; that's where our thoughts and actions go. You know, so that's one of his premises. And the second premise is: we know what we should love. We, you know, in our mind, we have this knowledge of: I know what the right answer, what I should love. I should love Jesus. I should love God with all my heart, soul, mm-hmm. mind, and strength. Uh, but what I actually love. I'm not always aware of, and it's revealed in these liturgies, these patterns, these habits. Like, what am I devoting my life to? Where am I spending my life? What am I giving myself to?
0: So that's what you... It's not what you say you love. It's not what I say. Well, I I love this. Maybe that's... I think that's the right answer. Or maybe I actually believe that. Yeah. I love God and I love people, or I love serving, helping. But you're saying how you measure what you really love is watching...
1: Yeah, how yeah. am I actually living my life? And I think that's where you know we talk about spiritual habits and spiritual formation, that the importance of regular worship because those are habits that are forming us. They're forming our hearts in in alignment towards God. And when you think of okay, that's so a liturgy could be, you know, it should be of some things. You know, a church might have a liturgical. You know, we practice communion a couple times a month or something. That's a liturgical rhythm, uh, worship every week. Uh, you might have a spiritual, you know, part of your liturgy might be to pray the Lord's prayer, you know, every day or to read a chapter from, or whatever that is for you. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, conversely, you know, that's what you should be, but you actually don't do it most mm-hmm. of the time or don't yeah. do it a lot. Uh, and in some cases the di- digital liturgy sort of, be, you know, maybe, takes over our life a little bit like you know my i want to read a, a passage for scripture in the morning but i open my computer up or i open my tablet up or i open my phone up and the first thing i see is my twitter feed and that distracts me and then right 20 minutes later i, I haven't done what i i hadn't done what i intended to do i hadn't done what i know i should do i did something else instead
0: so let's chase that for just one second mm-hmm. so that happens psychologically you set out to do this thing that you know you should do. You maybe want to do it because you know it's a good thing and all these other things, but then you don't do it, and then you realize you don't do it. <laughs> what happens then?
1: Pro- I mean, there's probably some level of shame, yeah, disappointment, denial, right? Whatever. I mean, depending on your person, who this person is, you're going to respond in some negative way, typically, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, fear. Uh, something like that, yes. where I, oh, dog on it, I didn't read my Bible again, or I didn't pray, right. and I instead I got, and so but that, so that's one reality I think that we've all we all confront that we you know I want to do this and I get distracted whether it might not be our phone or, but I think what we're talking about and specifically today is that digital liturgy is forming us in some way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that probably need to think of margin in the sense of that digital liturgy yeah. and be purposeful about it, be intentional about it, and you know, sort of how do we interact with it in a healthy way and how do we withdraw from it in a healthy
0: way? So so I'm not saying this is everybody, but I don't know if you've had this experience. For me, um, you know, I I turn my phone off at night, um, and I charge it. And that's just what I do. Um, but I will glance at it before I go to bed. And in the morning, right when I wake up, I you know my alarm goes off. Mm-hmm. And this is just my rhythm. I mm-hmm. like to drink coffee, sit by myself, and I either mm-hmm. pray, uh, read through some scriptures. I have some spiritual reading books that I also use. Um, I've experienced this where I have a choice right then. And I'm not saying you're bad or I'm bad mm-hmm. if we pick up the phone and that's just our, mm-hmm. our thing. But I can tell you that when I... I can actually feel my anxiety increase mm-hmm. when I pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. Let's say I go and I read and I sit for 10, 15, 20 minutes. Then I go to the phone. I can personally genuinely feel my mm-hmm. anxiety start to kick in. Um, and I don't even know why, but I'm picking up this device. So I can I can tell you my need for margin in that in that place.
1: So this is probably a maybe a deeper psychological question that i don't know the answer to or not trained to do but what i think that's a common experience that people who you know begin to look at social media is that it's an anxiety provoking thing Mm -hmm. so my my sort of natural question would be is that one of the reasons why we're doing it right are we drawn to that anxiety? Yeah. We're, in a sense, is our heart being formed to seek out that anxiety instead of something else—the quiet mm. of the margin? From mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think of that?
0: Um, yeah, I think I don't know. My initial gut answer is what we talked a little bit about last week. Is there's these um, powerful stimulants or uh, you know moments of drama or higher in, inducing. Things in our life or that the news, other things we see, uh, we need these outside narratives. So part of me thinks, yeah, we go need ahead. the drama.
1: We're drawn to the drama. We're, we're drawn
0: we're to right. the drama. We need something to stimulate us. We're not necessarily okay with the lower level hum of life or the you know the boredom, the uh, seemingly mundane. So I might need. I might not know it. It's maybe unconscious.
1: I wouldn't say it. I know I shouldn't
0: need it. I know I shouldn't love it. But But it's a fix. Mm -hmm. I might need my fix, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Right. Of, yeah, okay. This this feels kind of like I'm wasting time to sit here by myself. I mean, I need something.
1: Yeah, Uh, even though consciously you probably wouldn't. Entertain that thought, or you'd know it would be wrong. Unconsciously, there's something else mm-hmm. going on. Like mm-hmm. you're again, it's that my heart is being formed in a certain direction all, all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, culture's always forming my heart, and obviously, a digital life is always is a big part of that. Um, and I do think that's. I do think it's. Um, it's now. It probably requires an intentional act for a lot of people, to do something other than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I do think our culture pretty much, you know, you're sort of always connected. You're always looking at your phone. You get up in the morning, you look at your phone. I don't do that. Now, of course, I spent most of my life without a phone. Mm-hmm. So I've woken up many mornings as an adult and not looked at my, <laughs> my phone because I didn't have one. Right? Uh, you know, we uh, now that we have adult, kids are grown. And, you know, I will... Just as a habit, I will look at my phone when it's sitting there plugged in, and I can tell whether I got a text. Mm-hmm. And I would probably, I'll probably quick look to see who the text is from if it's one of the kids or something. Uh, and then, but other than that, I I pretty much leave it there. Like I don't take it downstairs with me. Um, again, it's easier for me to do that because I live most of my life not not doing that. Um, but I can still get like if I'm going to. That's why I started pulling out my old, an old Bible that I had, you know, in high school, um, and a an old physical Bible. Not because I think physical Bibles are more sacred or
0: whatever, <laughs> right.
1: but it's it sort of reduces the possibility of being distracted by reading the paper, checking to see what happened in the news. Okay. So
0: personally, I didn't even think about that because I I do like a physical book. Mm -hmm. So I read a physical Bible. Mm -hmm. I don't like to read it on my phone personally. It's Mm -hmm. just me. Again, not for Mm. spiritual reasons, but I didn't realize that. Like how difficult would it be to kind of keep your mind focused and centered on prayer or meditation when... You have all these if you're reading digitally right? reading I don't digitally.
1: know yeah I don't know I mean, it probably just depends on the person sure but I think I do think to the point you know as far as but you know how do we create the right kind of margin I think that's a, a conscious thing that we should do yeah. like we, either way whatever you choose be intentional be conscious about it um, one of the passages that I think will have worked its way into the into the message this week so it was first Corinthians 9 24 through 27 is, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one reaches the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. And so this is a passage about self-control, intentionality, Having the goal in mind, um, and and perhaps you know we could spend some time sort of maybe contrasting how a unhealthy digital liturgy, you know, pulls us away from that or pulls us away from that life or yeah. distracts us or uh, perhaps conflicts with this this passage or the intent of this passage or whatever, um, you know, and I think you've got some you've got some notes here you're speaking at Bicree uh, big Creek campus, um, this weekend. So, uh, listeners could actually find that online and listen to Chad. Um, but you've got a sort of a digital liturgy. Number one, or these are, are, these are sort of assumptions or perhaps hidden assumptions mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, uh, maybe our approach to, to technology our digital life or social media, um, and maybe how that might be, you know, how we should perhaps question that. And the first one is, the digital literacy number one, is I am your margin. Mm-hmm. So what do you mean by that?
0: Yeah, I think what I mean by that is for many people, um, and myself included, some sometimes, so let me say up front as a disclaimer, I'm not necessarily against you know, you're, you're jumping on the internet, you're spending a couple hours and you're just surfing through reading articles or mm-hmm. shopping and like, mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I would just ask like, do I know I'm doing that? Right. Like, am, right. Oh, I am know am this I is happening. By doing that intentionally. Right. Is it reactive or is it, uh, you know, more proactive? But what I mean by that is, for many of us, the digital world or screens, if you will, has become our margin. Because I would argue... Um, that I think you can check me on this. I think that's the intent of many people uh, who control the digital world, or the advertisements, or the draw, or who program uh, how social media mm-hmm. is to keep you engaged and right. you keep know, your eyeballs on this. Program screen. your right. your mind. Right. We're programmed, and we're mm-hmm. it's it's not it's true. We're conditioned. We're mm-hmm. programmed. So I would argue. Um, You know, that's one of the digital liturgy's aim is to shape us to think that the digital world is my margin. It's your distraction. That's how I'm going to breathe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just need some space here, guys. I'm going to check out and watch my show. or Yeah, which
1: is interesting when, you know, you talk about it often being anxiety-provoking or because I think part of our culture, there's sort of an outrage reactionary. Isn't this awful? Did you see this sort of you know, culture that finds its way on online. And mm-hmm. so it it probably isn't a great margin. Right. Right. I mean, we probably need margin from it. Not that it's evil, because we need margin for lots of good, good things. Um, but it's probably not a great rest, a great time to recharge, to contemplate life and to evaluate and to reflect and you're probably not, you're probably, it's the opposite of like, you're not probably doing any of those things. Right.
0: Well, I wonder too, um, you know, for many people, the story is alluring and I just, it's overwhelming to me to see how many shows you can actually get lost in or find, you know, for like maybe different words, you can find just to commit to (laughs) there's so many different. Yeah. I was
1: listening to like one of these end of the year, uh, podcaster shows about, and it was a guy. It was a reviewer. was a TV critic, and he was saying, "I'm a TV critic." There's, I mean, half of half of what's out there, I I have never seen. Yeah. I can't. There's way, way too much right. for me, whose job it is essentially to watch TV all day and write about it. There's way too much to watch. There's, it's not even a little bit too much. It's like there's no way a TV critic can watch everything.
0: Yeah, uh, so two 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 thoughts come to mind is one of the things that is alluring, and we've talked about that this you and I in several different places, but the allure story. And I mm-hmm. maybe have replaced my physical existence in my own story with a digital story, but I'm living vicariously through the characters in that story. Yeah, and I, I get it. It's not my story. It's not my story, but it's an essentially an escape from taking agency right. in my story because it's yeah. hard. Yeah. It's really hard. So I think there's that concern. And then there's the short story. I don't know if you read The Stranger by Ray Bradbury. Yes. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, just a few pages. Mm-hmm. But um it's real briefly, a guy goes out for walks in the evening time. And he describes that no one's on the streets anymore. Everyone's inside, and they're basically being kind of hypnotized mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. this soft, glowing green light, which is the television. Mm-hmm. And he ends up getting arrested because he's out for a walk by yeah, himself right. at night. Right. Not, right. you know, being sucked in Which no this. right-thinking person should be doing. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. Yeah, you're right, totally. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. What do you think about some of those, like,
1: well, I mean, I think, again, I don't want to demonize or say, I mean, I go online, everyone goes online. Right. It's not, we're not trying to be the online is bad, don't go online people. Uh, but it, this, am I mindful of what it's doing to me? And am I going to be intentional about um, times that I am online to some degree and times that I'm not online to so another degree? So like I need margin from it. And I need intentionality within it as much as possible, right? I, I need to not, I personally don't think it's healthy for me just to sort of, I'm, a, I'm bored or whatever. I don't really know what to do. I'm just going to get online and just start going. Right. Like that, I'm not saying never, uh, I don't want to be a Pharisee, but in general, that's not a super healthy thing. Because two hours later, um, I've lost two hours and I probably I might I might feel more anxious or angry mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. or the, you know. The, I'm despairing of the world. I'm, and it's the thing of it is, it's just not productive. Like it doesn't, it doesn't help the world. And so there's a sense yeah. in which it's going online and seeing what's going on in the world. There's a point at which that's helpful. I think the whole digital world trains us to stay beyond that point because it. It's training us to keep our eyeballs there because they want to show us ads so they can you know, get money from advertisers and so on. It's the whole the whole game. So yeah, I don't want I don't think you know we're not Luddites. we're not saying technology's bad, you know, we're not Amish or Mennonite or any of those yeah right? I
0: guess I guess what I would say I agree with you, and I hope that's the tone I don't know if if I'm doing a good job, but I hope that's the tone we're talking about is I'm not saying just stop. I'm saying pay attention, pay attention. like, yeah is this an invitation to what, is there something about me and my story that I am don't wanna own mm-hmm. that's hard for me? Or- um, Is it escape instead of margin? Is it escape? Yeah. Or am I like emotionally fried and burnt out? And maybe that's, this thing is signaling to me that I need a bigger conversation mm-hmm. about margin than mm-hmm. I thought, mm-hmm. you see? Like yeah. I'm saying, like trace it down, what's going on inside of me And Right,
1: this? right. So I think let's maybe talk about, like, what are some of those things that drive us into that world or keep us in that world? And once you're in it, what's the momentum to stay in it, um, in a, maybe too long or in an unhealthy way? Because, again, part of the point would be that becomes a digital liturgy that is forming our heart, even yeah. though we don't necessarily... Um, wouldn't you know, know that that's not how we want to form our heart or that's not our intent, but that's actually what will be happening if I keep, if I keep doing that. Uh, so one of the ones you say is digital, digital liturgy is, you know, you can't afford to disconnect. I mean, you have to be connected online and you have to be connected online, like a lot, like maybe even all the time. Yeah. Like you can't get away from it. Right. Yeah. Um,
0: what's, what's that about? Well, I, I... We've talked a bit about you know, surfing the internet and TV. so I'm thinking of another example here is I can't afford to disconnect. Um, and I just thought I'd love to hear your conversation about the unspoken rules of uh, some of the social media for mm-hmm. teenagers. even it's like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so prelude that. But I think it's the I need my emails. You know, I need to be notified about my emails. If it's mm-hmm. my work, mm-hmm. I have to respond. Uh, almost this pressure, maybe externally, often more internally, of uh, I. This is something you don't understand. Mm-hmm. I can't handle the discomfort of someone saying you didn't respond to right. My email fast enough or my text or my post i tagged you in right. it and right. you haven't liked it or anything
1: right so i'm placing myself under the tyranny of i have this device it has the potential to be on and connected and have my attention all the time and so if somebody signals me with this device i feel like i have to respond right away yeah. or what are they going to think of me uh, you know, if I have somebody that texts me or emails me right away and I don't respond right away, like me personally, I'm fine with that.
0: Well, I, I was going to say for people that know you, yeah. and it's one of the things I appreciate about you, that I know if I text you, I may not get a text for uh, several hours the rest of the day or maybe mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. next day. But I know it's not because of... It's because you have a sense of settledness about, I don't have to respond with right. the great urgency. Yeah.
1: Like for instance, if you, like you said, if I go home and I take my phone and I have like a pocket and put it on my nightstand and don't look at it for a few hours, obviously if you text me during that time, I'm not going to see it. <laughs> right. And then if it's, you know, I don't, I see it at ten, ten 10 at night, I think, well, Chad's probably in bed that's true i'll probably just text them in the morning <laughs> and so i think and as long as we're okay with that but i yeah. think the whole culture around digital interaction sometimes makes people feel like that's not an okay thing yeah uh, i was listening as you said to um uh a something was on the radio it was a podcast i don't remember it was a year ago or so or more but it was a, a, a person interviewing i think a 14 year old or a 13 year old about you know what is the digital etiquette among you and your friends. And it's basi- it was basically one of the more tyrannical things I've ever heard, where, like, if my friend posts a picture of herself, there's... I forget what she... It's like, you know, how long do you have to, like, respond and like it? Oh, you know, a couple minutes. Like, you have a couple minutes. She goes, like, a couple of minutes? Like, what if you... You know, 10 minutes goes by. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> and it's like, so you she has to have her phone like every waking hour Mm. she has to have her phone with her when it notifications have to be on when it goes off she has to look at it if it's one of her friends she has to respond or you know that or she's a bad friend right and i think this sense of in its i what seems to me it's the opposite of reality like Mm because you are disconnecting from the actual people you're with. You're, you are disconnecting from real life in order to enter, enter into this digital world, which, again, sometimes might be fine. But if I can't afford to disconnect from this digital world, that means I'm always somewhat disconnected from the actual real world.
0: Oh, I'm that's
1: in. good. Right? That I, I can't be with... Like, we've all been with somebody who's... Phone whatever, and they whatever, and you're sitting there, and it's lunch or it's meeting, and like they're disconnected from the people they're actually
0: present with. So in order to connect to this world and be there, I'm going to have to disconnect. I can't from, be. Yeah, you I really can't, can't fully.
1: Right, you're not fully with. And I do feel like there's this also this sense of people who are really active and who comment and who post a lot. It's almost like this is the real important world. Mm-hmm. It's important what the world. Uh, hears from me on this issue because it's the real world, and we're talking about a real issue. Yeah. When I think, no, it's not the real world. It's actually not. Hmm. Like, you're leaving the real world to do that, and sometimes that's fine. But if it, if your my identity is is dependent on what I'm posting, how I'm responding, that's an artificial identity, mm-hmm. and there's some sort of withdrawal from my real true identity in there. And I think that that's like for me, I see a lot because I do. I'm on Twitter. Some it's an old person's I know thing because uh, there's journalists I follow and not
0: as old as Facebook though, right? Like Facebook's yeah. the old old people. We're a, both looking I'm at Jacob. He's Jake. like Twitter. Yeah,
1: yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I mean older than fa I mean older than Instagram. Maybe not as old as. I mean Facebook is sometimes can be really old too. Okay. Yeah, so basically, so there's an article, like if you want to, if there's somebody that you follow who writes for whatever, one of the things, or somebody, an art, a journalist you'd like to read who writes for some magazine or publication, The Atlantic or whatever, Wall Street Journal, you can follow them. And then usually when they write an article, they'll post it and you can just read the article. Then. Uh, but because of that, there's a lot of commentary, a lot of issue stuff. It's a lot of then outrage back and forth and it's this all of this important and i do think sometimes there's this pull of oh that's what that person posted is so wrong i've got to go jump in and correct them Mm -hmm. i've got to jump in and say something because this is the real important conversation taking place and i think it's really like that feels world changing but it actually isn't changing Anything like mm. people's minds aren't even changed for the most part. Yeah, on that's social mostly media. true, yeah. Uh, so, you know, as an example, um, th- that you know, if I'm posting something, you know, I post that so and so, you know, is treating poor people badly, and I'm going to get online and post, that's horrible. He's a horrible person. Let's express our outrage against them. That feels like morally good, but it isn't helping any poor people. You like, know. it isn't actually helping in the real world. I'm not doing anything for yeah, actual people right. who are in poverty. How
0: has this helped someone practically? Right.
1: And, and, and if I'm doing that, instead of, I don't know, volunteering at Calvary Church, Come on. one of our community ministries that Plenty helps actual of people with need, yeah. then I'm making the wrong choice. Yeah. And I think the pull of the digital liturgy is, this is meaningful, this is real, this is true. You got to be in this conversation. It's your moral duty. I think, well, it probably isn't. Yeah, uh, and it certainly isn't to the exclusion of the real things I should be doing. Doing
0: something. Yeah.
1: So that whole we can disconnect from the real world, which is painful, boring, mundane. Um, you know, maybe sometimes disappointing, and I connect to this digital world where it feels like boy, I'm having this argument that really makes a difference or I'm posting this political or this theological something, but it's probably not moving the needle for anybody. And I'm doing if I'm doing it instead of being connected to my real world, it's really my heart is being formed in the wrong direction. My heart is being point.
0: formed. Uh, again, I wonder if it makes us feel something powerful. And to the question, my heart is being formed in those moments. I wonder if that's actually how we are starting to distort our view of the power of God or the power of the divine. How do we experience God? I need these powerful, extreme, maybe, like black and white statements, win-lose statements, all-nothing statements. And then maybe unknowingly, I Project or put these expectations. Well, God is a God of power, and I need Him to. He's supposed to show up and do this. So we went to church, and it was it was boring.
1: Yeah, he
0: didn't right. do anything. It
1: wasn't exciting at all. When nothing controversial happened. Nothing noth- outrageous happened. Nothing
0: outrageous. No, it didn't stimulate me, right. and so I right. think. Well, so I wonder if that one of the concerns I have is is it shaping me to not be able to notice God. In in the actual
1: real yeah world, in the real
0: world, world yeah. where power I would argue his display of power he's more shy mm-hmm. he's more reserved it's a restrained display of who yeah. he is right um, it's not a you know as we used to say a dog and pony show where mm-hmm. he's always just you know gripping us by the salt
1: yeah right. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's our, our heart can be formed away from God moving in an everyday, normal sort of way to give you peace in an anxious situation, which is not something that would probably find its way to social media that much, um, to give you comfort in, an, in, a, in a difficult situation or to allow you to comfort someone else. In all these sort of ordinary ways that don't seem like a big deal, and not everybody's really going to know, and it's it's just your story and your situation, and I'm just praying for you. Like that's just it's just it's just it's just. Yeah. When really that's the eternal, that's the thing that touches eternity, uh, as we talked about in our you know a, a previous talk. That's the thing that touches that That's the actual real thing yeah. that will matter for eternity, and the digital world is often a distraction from that real thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that part of that relates to this other sort of di- digital liturgy that you mentioned. That you have to say something. You have to say something. Mm-hmm. You, you have to, like you have to put your voice in there. You can't let it go. You somebody posts something about the church that's wrong, or about you know your group that's that offends you. You, ha- I mean, you can't let that go.
0: You have a responsibility. You have to jump in the fight. Yeah, there's so there's two couple meanings. As one of those is that I think it's like no, you have a high ethical responsibility, right, to stand up, yeah, right. and to stand against and to stand for your you know corner or mm-hmm. your tribe or right. whatever else it is. I think the other thing I mean by that is. Um, I, I think FOMO is, you know, just haha, FOMO is a real thing. It's real. Mm-hmm. But I would say it's a, a fear of missing out. Yes. I would argue it's a fear of being forgotten.
1: Yeah. Fear of insignificance. And a
0: fear. Yeah. That's good. A fear of insignificance. So now here's a place where it feels like I can put my voice out there and attach my value to it. Like, see, this is my existence. Mm-hmm. Like I right. matter right. and I'm in the circle doing things with people that that matter. Right. Here's yeah. where we show up.
1: Yeah. And that points to that subtle difference that we talked about. I think it's like, that doesn't mean it's evil to post on social media, right? but you got to look at your heart. Like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Do I feel like I have to do it? Is this, you know, am I identifying myself as a moral person by condemning this other person? You know, online is this? You know, it's an expression of who I am. Do I have to do it? And I, I don't think you don't have to do it.
0: What well, you said earlier, which I thought was great, is like some of these things. The Bible actually invites us to quite the opposite thing to start with. Yeah, slow to speak, right? Not live for the approval of right. others. Every word's going to be. What was the passage you referenced to? Yeah, Each every idle
1: word. Every idle word, we'll give a we'll give an account for every idle word Jesus says. Yes, so so you don't actually have need to, to, have to do it. <laughs> yeah, you might need to filter that before you post. That okay? Is this something? Am I just reacting? Am I just responding? Yeah. Is this something that will advance the kingdom, or I am I just? Is it? I I have this emotional reaction to this thing, and I have to I have to express it because I think that buys into another kind of cultural trend is my emotional response is my reality. Hmm. Instead of, no, reality is reality. Mm-hmm. What God thinks of it is real. My emotional response might correspond with that or might be a little off. Right? I, might, I, I can't just tr- completely trust my emotional response here. I might be outraged, comma, slash, wrong. Mm-hmm. And then later I go, oh, okay, I see it differently now. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, when you're responding on social media, you're not... There's not space and time to reflect and to think and to contemplate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's also not a lot of nuance where, I mean, you don't see a lot of posts where people say, you know, I can see both sides here.
0: <laughs> right. And I wonder if that's a, it's a win-lose. And people don't really like people that are trying to be reasonable. Right.
1: Right. Because that's, it sounds, the whole genre of the, of the, the whole sort of uh, culture of, of that digital life is against that, I think. And I think that's kind of plays into one more thing. Uh, That you've got mentioned here is that basically you can cancel anytime. You can get out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cancel subscriptions, cancel relationships, cancel the friend. You're trying to be reasonable with me. You pushed back on me, which means maybe you disagree with me. So you're blocked. Unfollow, block. Unfollow, right? right. Unsubscribe. Yeah. Demonize you, or I'm sure there's some cool social media term for me destroying you, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. And I
1: think that's like that's sort of acceptable. Or just the thing, and again, it's not like Jesus would never block anyone. That's you know, that's not what I'm saying. But <laughs> that's uh,
0: that sounds like a fun article. Yeah. <laughs> would, Jesus would Jesus block, block anyone?
1: No, he'd just mute you. Yeah. No, anyway, just kidding. I don't know. Um, but it's this. It train. What is that training me to do? So that anyone who pushes back, anyone who makes me uncomfortable, any situation, mm. non digital situation that makes me in, any relationship. Obviously, I'm not gonna It'll cut you that. off. Yeah, anything that doesn't satisfy me, anything that doesn't get me what I want, I change, I move on, I unsubscribe from this relationship, and just because it's not getting me what I want, mm. um, and that this doesn't mean there's a one-to-one correspondence, of course, but I think the more I am being trained in this digital liturgy, the more I'm gonna I'm gonna respond this way without really thinking about it. Yeah, um, and I do think that's. What is it like to be Christ-like digitally you know would Jesus you know block anyone is you know it's a silly question but in a way what would Jesus be like? I don't think Jesus would never do we know for sure he would never use social media? Like, I don't I don't know right, that right but if he did like what would that look like and not a horrible question am right. I you know how do I represent Christ when I'm online and mm. buying into a lot of these, whether it's outrage or condemnation or whether it's whatever it is, probably isn't it probably isn't a good representation. Not only is not healthy for me, and I need margin from that, it's probably not a good representation of the kingdom. Well I
0: think it's fair to say if I'm completely unaware of what's going on, it's not going to be Christ like, even if it might be nice. Right. If I just don't know what's going on mm-hmm. with my, my relationship mm-hmm. to the digital right. world. Um, and I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing, mm-hmm. then how can we really be intentionally Christ-like is that, about is it? Is
1: that how we're Christ-like about anything? Yeah. Probably
0: not. So I, I think it, uh, there is a strong tone in this one. And it, for me, here's my why we have what I feel like is a strong tone in this conversation. It's less because for me, let, has less to do with the goods, ills, or whatever of the digital world. Mm-hmm. It has more to do... With, I think humanity has an incredible capacity for self deception. And this seems to be a very accessible tool to do it with. Yeah. That's it's why I reinforcer. feel very strongly. Yeah. It's
1: a potential reinforcer of my own self deception. Yeah. Like whatever I want to think, I can find online and I can, that can be my people. And uh, the more I favorite, like, uh, whatever, then I'm only living in that world online and that seems like reality. And that's how social media works, right? I What I favorite, what I like, what I unsubscribe from, what I subscribed to, I'm sort of filtering my own experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and pretty soon it becomes this alternate place where it's not really healthy for me. Uh, and it happens just very automatically. It's yeah. very, you know, it's under the surface, subconsciously. Uh, so I think that's one of the things that you want to say is, what does an intentional approach look like?
0: Yeah, what is an intentional approach? What is a good strategy? Maybe uh, the uh, the definition of self deception. I don't know. I'm self deceived So maybe I need some margin to pray, to mm-hmm. meditate, to get some feedback some mm-hmm. from some friends. Like, what is what's going on in my life? Yeah.
1: And that's where I think. I mean, some people fast from social media, or they take a break from, didn't you say Ed Sheeran like for a year?
0: Yeah. He took off just, I think everything, yeah. even cell phone. Just
1: disappeared. Yeah. You know, so it, it's sometimes when you stop doing something for a week or so, you realize, oh, that had a bigger effect on me than, yeah, Right? Right. So whatever that thing is, whether it's, you know, I'm going to give up ESPN or I'm not going to go on Twitter or I'm not going to, whatever that is, if you stop doing it, sometimes that's a value of a short fast. It's like, oh, okay, that that actually was, had a bigger hold on me than I thought.
0: Yeah, if, if right, if for nothing else to gauge my level of dependency upon yeah, it, like, right. oh, I guess I needed that more than I yeah. was telling yeah. myself.
1: So I think that might be one practical step towards an intentional approach is maybe take a break for a day or two and sort of assess, like ask yourself that question and then maybe assess like how big of a, how big of a role is this playing in my life? And then, what does a healthy approach look like? Probably, some a healthy approach is going to be some intentional times when I'm not, when I'm planning on not being on it, right? So that I can think, read, rest, enjoy nature, whatever that might look
0: like. Yeah, an intentional disconnect. Yes, an intentional disconnect for a, for an intentional connect.
1: Right. Yes, to connect yeah. to God. Yeah. Uh, people around me, His people, worship, and so on. So some things to think about. Now, I, I suppose somebody might, if somebody like never used social media, they're probably not still listening, right?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I thought, <laughs> I thought we tried to talk a little bit in the whole w- world. I know that we said social media and digital, but yeah, probably not. I think uh, young people probably turned us off really fast. Probably. Like, okay, boomer. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Like my 13-year-old would be like, what are they talking <laughs> <me?"> <laughs> They'd make no sense. <laughs> you are so old.
1: Yes. <laughs> Uh, but sometimes the value of being out of touch is it's uh, sometimes there's a spiritual value in yeah. not being so in
0: touch. Well, I, I don't have social media personally. And part of the reason was and I'm not against it, but for me, I was just anti social on social media. Mm. I would catch myself. It was one of these conversations. I mean like I would,
1: those people are horrible?
0: Well, like it was that? just, I was, just, <laughs> no, not that, not, not <laughs> so much that, but like I would just scroll through and then do nothing. Yeah. I would post right. nothing. You would, you
1: would unplug. I
0: would just share nothing. I yeah. wouldn't really comment on anyone. I would just look yeah. and I was like, why am I am yeah. here Yeah, I might have been doing that. I'm not even really yeah. benefiting anyone. No. This isn't helping me. Right. So I just,
1: I just pulled out. Well, that's what and I think that's like, why am I doing this? how much is, is this good? How much of it is good? What approach is good? Yeah. You know, um, that those are questions we should probably ask about everything and, um, yeah. in particular social media. So we're going to leave you with that. We're going to leave you with, um, some questions, some thoughts about what a healthy interaction is, uh, without trying to be Pharisaical or legalistic and saying it's bad. Cause I don't think it's bad. Right. I interact with it. Uh, But you know what? How is my heart being formed? It's a good question to ask in any sphere of life. And how is this form? You know, this this forming my heart. And uh, because uh, we are part of the reason we do rogue table talks, not to get too esoteric or theological, is to help your heart be formed into Christlikeness. Yeah. And so, if we're asking a question, is this helping my heart be formed into Christlikeness? That's that's probably something we should be asking all the time, right?
0: Yeah, and obviously, if you're listening, then it, it's happening. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> right. But that is true,
1: Right, to, to be genuine. I don't think this counts as social media, does it? No. Or te- it, I mean, it's digital technically. But don't, I think, don't
0: roll you know, your like, eyes halfway at us, Jacob.
1: Yeah, I think if you listen to Rogue <laughs> Table Talk, like if you have a complete fast, Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be complete fast, right? Yeah. Right, this is you your hall pass, pass yeah. you know?
0: Come on back to Rogue Table Talks. (laughs) (laughs) But that is our heartbeat. Yeah, that is our heartbeat. To, to you know, go through our own journey of heart transformation Mm -hmm. and, you know, hopefully share something that's helpful. Right.
1: So with that, uh, that's our desire for us and for you. Uh, Have a great week. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.